self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists all right uh i'm here with my boy shogun from government name podcast what up what up what up what up y'all know the name y'all know the voice one and only Shogun from the one and only Governor Podcast. Thank you for having me, sir. As you know, Red uh, is not going to be on this episode, so we're going to have a bunch of different guests drop in, talking about whatever is on their mind, and we're just going to respond to it. We're going to hit up some Reddit posts, we're going to hit up some news, and we're just going to have this conversation. Man. What you got, my boy? Man, those Reddit posts, I was going to write you guys an email, but those Reddit posts are just outlandish like i i find myself like really my life isn't that bad i don't have to deal with whatever these guys are dealing with <laughs> man one i'm often confused and curious to how red ends up finding the stories that she <laughs> lands on because they're usually dating and relationship stories but it's just the most insane situations and scenarios that I don't understand how anybody could <laughs> land themselves in these situations. It's crazy, man. I, you know, Reddit got a whole bro, Reddit got 30 different threads for people who end up just asking questions and stuff and hundreds of people posting yeah. every day. I mean, I don't know how she get what she get, yeah. but she say she don't know how I get what I get. So it's like, <laughs> no, but it's I feel amazing. like <laughs> I feel like you can dive into the conversation at some it's a, point. It's a cheat code for y'all because y'all are podcasters and you're professional therapists. So you can you can go at like, hey, you see this crazy shit? So you can have fun with it with using the uh, the actual jokes of the matter. And then you can go in and break down the action of those people. I'm like, man, this shit is perfect. <laughs> the, Somebody should have thought of this before. But y'all y'all have tapped into an untapped market. It's amazing. The thing about it is that we don't really know if they're all real. Like and in the in all the comments, you can see people being like, oh, "This is fake." It's always one person that's always gonna say everything is fake. But the one dude tricking like the lady to be in a relationship and hiring niggas Ooh. to like trick it, that has oh, to be real. It's too fantastic. It was it was too methodical <laughs> to, to not be real, bro. What would you do real. if you find out you was manipulated into a whole relationship? Well, that was my part of the conversation. It depends on the value and the quality of the relationship at that point no. in time. No, you lied, ma'am. <laughs> or person, whoever. We all lied at the beginning. I try not to. I mean, we <laughs> don't you lie. <laughs> we, we curb the results. <laughs> That's what the representative, you know. You know, I'm, like, I'm going to give you the... I lead you to believe that I'm healthier than, than I, I am <laughs> in all facets. I, I just give you the good parts of me so that you'd be like, oh, I love these good parts. And then the bad parts show up later and be like, oh, shit. Like, it ain't always bad, bad, but, like, it ain't bad enough to cut you off. Like, that's nah, nah, nah. maybe. But I feel like a level of how much you should accept how you got in your relationship is um, how valuable the relationship is now. I mean, she identified the whole relationship as a good relationship. It's I mean, just, it was. I found it was just this out. I would be more upset that my mate was such a dickhead <laughs> that I didn't know that they were that capable of doing some shit like that. Like, what are they going to be telling our son to do? <laughs> well, son, you know how I met your mother? <laughs> I had to break her down. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like 
I feel like he was a roofie away from if that shit didn't work. <laughs> he was like, man, I bought some goddamn pills. This Bro. shit, if this don't work to get her, I'm gonna drag her back. Correct me if I'm wrong, but she was suicidal close to the end of it, right? Like before she, he, after he the main break, weekly depressed. Oh, she didn't yeah. say suicidal. Uh, y'all have y'all got to go back to find that episode. It's probably yeah. about four episodes ago. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I love these Reddit stories. Please keep that up. We gonna keep it up, man. We gonna keep it up. It's it's all it's too much. Too many gold. Too much gold in these posts. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> you got one for it for this week. You ain't gotta if you, read it. If you want to get into one, we can get into one. I just want to know the gist of it so I can give a reaction real quick before y'all get into it. Y'all, I mean, oh, whoever, the, whoever, the gonna... y'all is you. Oh, okay. I got right. multiple of them. We ain't gonna get to all of them, <laughs> so I can run run one with you real quick. Let, let's try it. I'm, I'm curious. All right, all right. So I get mine out of a, a, a subreddit called "Am I the Asshole?" And that's perfect for me because I'm an <laughs> asshole. Okay, well, let's see if you would do this shit or how All right. you feel about it. All right, let's go. Am I the asshole for using my soon-to-be ex-wife's history against her? Uh. My wife filed for divorce after the birth of our third child. She started gunning for full custody after getting jealous that I've started dating a new woman, a 21-year-old female. Previously, she wanted to negotiate a 60-40 split despite my protest it be 50-50. I'm pretty sure she's talking trash about me to our kids. My soon-to-be ex did some porn in the late 90s to get through college. She wasn't very known, and it was mostly amateur work. Afterwards, she graduated, dyed her hair, and tried to bury it. However, she told me about it when we were dating, and I had the tapes that were, quite frankly, pretty hard to find. My ex's teacher computer, my ex teaches computer science at a middle school. I ended up notifying the principal with the evidence, and a week later, she was fired. What the fuck? <laughs> my lawyer also is in the process of submitting the tapes in our child custody battle. Am I the asshole? All I want to do is not be robbed of my kids, and she was actively doing that. Our other two kids are 13 and 11, and we miss each other, and I wasn't the one that uprooted our kids. However, my sister-in-law is calling me out on Facebook for being sexist and being cruel to for outing her sister when we're living in a very conservative jurisdiction of Georgia. Hmm. Is he the asshole? Fuck yes, he's the asshole. (laughs) What the fuck? That that's literally the nuclear bomb. He went nuclear already. He's like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about my kids. I don't give a fuck about your life. I don't care about nothing. I I am going to destroy you. And he just released it. Who I would threat. I would use that as a threat to say, hey, I might release this. But he actually released the tape. Yeah. Well, he gave it. He showed the principal, and then he gave it to the lawyer. It probably won't be released for public. Like, yeah. he probably legally will be bound to not allow him to get out from public. Using so why did the principal theory. fire her? That's what I'm questioning. Well, you know, teachers have been fired for, you know, twerking on spring break and stuff. Like, schools have, like, ethics clause, clauses, and they be respond like, they be trying to think if a parent saw this, how would we respond to this? Like, if this divorce get like, <laughs> clearly this grown man done walked into the school where she worked at and said, hey, I got some information for you. I'm sure he's aware <laughs> That they marriage is going down the drain. If he wasn't aware before, he is now because he just walked up and said, "I got some, I got some hot stuff for you about one of your teachers." Right. And he got to be thinking, man, if this shit gets out in public, how is this? How am I going to curb this perception in the school? It's gonna turn into a whole bunch of kids is looking for this teacher yes. on a video. Like I'm it, looking for the teacher now. Shit. 
it's so much stuff that could go wrong with this situation. Well, the first thing the principal's gonna say is like, dang, or actually the parents would be like, you know what? <laughs> My kids could probably learn something from this lady. Actually, I don't, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, parents probably don't want to, hey, look, I'm an asshole, I'm sorry. I meant to that. <laughs> uh, wow, that is horrible that he did that to get this lady fired just to get custody of his kid. And it may not work. It may not work. I feel like that move was petty and against her. I don't Super think that had nothing to do with his kid. Like, why would he have to do that? Why are I you mean, using somebody's history against him like that? Like, that's some bullshit. Like, she needed the money at the time or whatever the reasons was. It don't matter. No kink shaming. But you you using a, a videotape that you've had in your arsenal this whole time just in case things got bad. You're like, ha, I got the, the big joker for you. Right? Yeah, man. He could have just used that at the court level. He didn't have to go that other part. But I think a big part of this is, yeah, he vindictive. He hurt. He's yeah. salty. But listen, uh, he identified that his new woman was a 21-year-old female, and everybody was asking, and he's 43. Ugh. So it seems like it seems like she's she was angry that the person was so young. That's kind of what the... The dude is asserting. I mean, if I was the mom, I wouldn't want my child around a 20-something-year-old lady. I mean, she was 20 at some time. She made some questionable choices in in her history. (laughs) Yeah, like a 13-year-old finna have a 21-year-old. Like, his daddy's mom, his daddy's woman is 21. That's Yeah, that's rough. (laughs) I, I don't agree with the dude releasing or showing the tape especially causing her to lose her job. Like, she worked hard for that. That has nothing to do with you, you know? Plus, those those are their kids together. Like, those kids are going to need both parents, and now this parent doesn't have an income. Like, that's, that's fucked up. And it's questionable whether she will even be able to get another job teaching. I mean, if she in her 40s as well, I mean, she may not be able to get a job teaching in that district. She's just going to have to teach a different subject. I mean, no, no. I mean, if a principal. Depends on what she did on that video. If a principal. (laughs) Teach sex ed. Right. Look, if the principal fired a teacher with no obvious reason, he had to go above him. And if the people above him said that she's fireable, that means she's not going to be able to work in that whole district. And now when the new district send them a reference to say, why did y'all fire her? They can't keep it a secret. They right. have to tell that district, and that district going to be like, nobody wants to deal with that problem. Yeah, that's jacked up. Nobody wants to deal with that problem. Man. But yeah. you know what? The people who post in Reddit like this, they are they are so blind. Like, clearly, <laughs> the internet ain't going to be like, you're the good guy. <laughs> now, yeah, you're, you're definitely the asshole, because... <laughs> I feel like porn stars are, you know, sex workers are champion on the internet. Like, people don't hate them. Like, you're not going to find somebody. Well, it's going to be a long day for you to find something to hate about a porn star. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, sex work is, I guess you want to call one of those liberal platforms, but, you know, people should be able to do what they want with their bodies. And that's another one of them. You know? I mean, she was doing it the safest way. I mean, she was at least getting paid. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds bad. <laughs> that's tough. But that's our, that's the that's one of the Reddit posts. Bro, he is definitely an asshole, and I hope somebody <laughs> punches him in the face. Oh, uh, somebody gonna get him. Jesus. I appreciate you hitting that Reddit post with me though. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> does it tell you how many views and, and like people 
clicked on it. Yeah. I would yeah. think something with porn stars in it would get a lot of traction. Um it's it's got two hundred comments. Um the rating uh is a eighteen fifty eight, which means a thousand eight hundred and fifty eight people have have uh voted this guy to be the asshole. <laughs> He got an 87% rate of people saying he's the asshole. And the 13% that's not calling him an asshole are probably men that's dealt with uh, custody issues. Because custody issues are tough, bro. Like, in Georgia, in Georgia, he probably wouldn't get custody of his kids. He probably wouldn't get custody of his kids without this. I'm not saying with this it will, but that's how hard it is for men to get 50-50 custody. It's really hard. So... Do you know why? Uh, we have a a system that is um, very heavily maternal. Mm-hmm. They support maternals, so they support the moms more than they support the dads. But I mean, is when it comes to dads, a lot of them ain't on this shit. A lot of them ain't on. I want equal time with my kids. A I lot of them don't be there. If if I had kids, I would most definitely want to be there in their life, like. Who who I, something that bothers me is I'm so sick and tired of like single moms. Like I don't get why guys are man enough to have sex with a woman, but then not man enough to stay there. Like that shit really bugs me. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, I would do whatever in my power, but I wouldn't release a videotape or try to get a woman fired just to be in my kid's life. Like that's some bullshit. Just try to figure out another way to work it out. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's crazy. So, what else? What else did you have in your letter that you know well, we have a conversation about? Well, that was the main thing, but then current events kind of took over because. How was your Fourth of July? You celebrate Independence? Um, is that I a holiday some, that you recognize now? I have some anti-colonization burgers. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I, I hit the grill up in uh. In uh, opposition to uh, uh, being colonized, it's rough being an American these days because I'm for the majority of the causes. I want people to be better, but current events is just twisting me in all types of emotions in different ways. Like the other day, we had a, another shooting, a senseless act of violence, actually, several of them. Um, Friday, we had a, the Galleria Mall got shot up. Was it Friday or Thursday? It was Friday. Uh, it was yeah. Friday. I was actually supposed to be going to the mall earlier that day, but I got lazy and I ended up not going. I'm, I'm thankful that I didn't because shit, shit got shot up. Have you heard about it? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Have you heard any more information? Cause, um, we're, we're in a group chat together and, uh, when I found out about it, I hit the group chat talking like, yo, the Galleria got shot up. And then you were telling me things about it that you've heard. I have those. What, what, what some people have still continued to report that it was a confrontation over a mask. Right. And it was, uh, I originally had heard it was a security guard at a store or something, but it was, the pictures are showing four or five guys yeah. that, were on the other side of this one guy and they got into a shootout like on the food court area looked like and so 
I don't know how an argument over masks could have went from there. I guess maybe one of them didn't have a mask and came across. I don't know. But either way, it was young black men who have already been the subject of carrying guns around and, and being the one to participate in the senseless violence. So it's like even if Corona wasn't going on, this group of boys could have been a threat to create a situation like this. And I think four people got hit. One died. Eight-year-old boy died. And other people have been treated for injury, but nobody else has died. Um, then uh, in Atlanta, another shooting yeah. um, at that Wendy's. Um, there was a uh, so at that Wendy's, they have told the police they're not welcome there. I don't know if you know about this. And so they've been putting up blockades to keep people from passing through as a form of protest. I heard and, about the blockade. I thought it was a police blockade, but it was something. No. Just- Citizens? Community blockade. It's a community blockade. They just blocking people. It seemed like they maybe they were trying to do what happened in Seattle with that autonomous zone where the police just kind of abandoned the zone for the protesters. Mm-hmm. And the protesters were there. And then the homeless people moved into that autonomous zone up there. Once, you know, all the police left and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was a community blockade. And it was a woman who apparently was going to turn around at the blockade. Mm-hmm. And so she drove through the blockade to turn around, and the guys who had the blockade up started shooting into the car, and it killed her eight-year-old daughter. Whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't just flag her down or try to stop her. They just let loose? Sound like, like, they just dumped, the bl- sound like they just dumped on the car. That's what it's reporting. And an eight-year-old died. See, this is... And, and then mm. Ricky Smiley's daughter... Uh, yeah. Today or last night, got shot three times in Houston. Well, she she's out of light. Yeah, she's out of surgery now. She was at a Whataburger. Oh, that's the report saying she was at a Whataburger getting food, and they shot into her car, and she got shot three times. She's out of surgery now. She's she didn't die, you know. So now the conversation is shifting. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the most the majority of these topics on twitter i check that like every day or so and it's it's questioning first let me let me talk about this because i'm a second amendment type guy i believe that everybody should have the rights to carry guns but they're making it very hard for niggas to try to back that argument right now and um i'm a gun owner i don't walk around with my gun it's for self-defense if somebody comes into my house other than that i don't feel like i have to look over my shoulder every five minutes but i'm also not living that type of lifestyle where i need to be worried but at the same time you just told us several stories of people just minding their own business just in the wrong place at the wrong time and then they getting shot like this is really messing with me because we should feel safe in our own neighborhoods in our own community but you know this none of those stories you just talked about had anything to do with the police you know what i mean the whole argument for a while has been police brutality and what the outcome is when it's somebody that looks like us you know and and now like you just said the conversation is shifting you see like I don't want to call them Republicans, but most of the right-leaning people are changing the argument. They're trying to question, like, what's going on with these lefties? You know, why are these Democratic-ran cities always got the most violence and they have the most out-of-control communities? What's going on with the Black Lives Matter? I thought Black people, you know, cared about each other. Why are y'all killing each other? It's like, 
they're using every excuse in every situation to try to back their argument. And, and you know, it's kind of putting us in a position where I don't, I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, it's hard to even argue this situation because it's senseless. It's there is no need for any of this shit. Like a blockade, why are you firing at somebody indiscriminately? So I got several several points in this conversation. Right. Um I think people fail to realize that this conversation is about accountability. So Atlanta put out a $10,000 reward for the person who shot into the car to kill the eight-year-old. The city is willing to pay $10,000 to go find the person who did the shooting. When police do it, they know exactly who did it, and they let them go home. Yeah. You know, so it's about accountability. Uh, When people talk about black-on-black crime or people killing their own or or all of these things— it, they never talk about how that person, even if they don't get caught, will be hunted their whole lives. If new evidence come up and say that you did this, it don't matter. You might have grew up, got responsible, got a family now. In 20 years, if they find you, you're going to jail for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. You don't have time. you got to be on the run or you got to be paranoid about knowing that you the one that shot these these bullets. Right. You know, so the conversation, as far as we can get away from it with all this black on black violence, if that's how you want to put it, that the myth, then it's about accountability. We can't forget it's about accountability. People say, well, you ain't this mad when a black person kill a black person, but you do because we don't have to be mad. The justice system is going to carry out justice itself. Nah, the justice system, no, no, no. I'm saying you, you, if you are mad, you should be mad. But if you're not mad, you don't have to be as mad because the justice system is going to carry it out swiftly. They going to get they got that dude who shot up the Galleria. Yeah, I know. His they name got Moses. <laughs> yeah, they got him. So, they carry out justice to a point where we're not mad because the person dies. They make it seem like we're mad because the person dies. We're mad because they died and nobody is paying for their death. Right. Right. So, when a black person kills a black person, that death is paid for. We got the receipt. That motherfucker's in jail. When the police kill somebody, ain't no receipt, ain't no purchase history, it ain't shit. It ain't nothing but them going on, carrying on. And until now, that's been the issue. But mm-hmm. now, it, it, it's, cops is starting to, cops is doing shit like not coming to work, <laughs> calling out. Yeah. Like, they just some spoiled brats right now is what it sounds like. They've been able yeah. to, you know, they mad because, they mad because they've, uh, in, um, I forgot which state it is, but they ruled that they can't use the Eric Garner chokehold on, on people no more. They mad because of that. They mad because you can't use a chokehold that may kill somebody. You know, I mean, so- I, I have a huge issue with the police to why they can't seem to de-escalate any of these situations. Like when I'm, I'm sure you've been pulled over, right? Right. In those situations, have you ever had a police officer come to the door with his hand on his hip? Um, and one, like my very first one, every single situation I've ever been in, the police officer comes with his hand on his hip. That sets me off already. Like I'm tensed. I don't know if you can, but I can sense energy when people are tense and they nervous. You can feel that vibe that will make you even tense up a little bit more. So if you come in and you approaching the situation already tensed up and ready for action, it's like, I'm a I'm a man like you can only push me but so far before I lash out. 
Like, I should be able to lash out without fear of me dying in this situation. But this guy is already expecting something. So he got his hand on his hip, ready to shoot and kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is an issue. You should not approach a situation when you're supposed to be a quote-unquote peacekeeper with your freaking hand on your hip about to shoot somebody. I don't understand why our police are so trigger-happy and they never de-escalate any of these situations. They keep pouring money more time into these guys. They got all this training, but they can't simply do a fucking traffic stop without it escalating. But the thing is, they they not trigger-happy because they ain't shooting white people like this. (laughs) They're trigger-selective. That's what they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The question is, why are they trigger selective on us and what can happen to change that? It's clear that they cannot shoot a group of people. <laughs> yeah. But what would ch- what needs to change about the system that makes them that will keep them from shooting at us? And so with that situation. So another part of the situation is mm-hmm. a lot of these moments get co-opted by different people. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, the goons who putting up barricades that's ready to shoot in cars that you know, ain't complying with what they say and do. That's a that's different than the movement. That's the outliers. Those are the bell curves. And, and people start to identify the movement based on the outliers. Right, right. You know, but uh but another thing happened. A woman pulled a gun on uh, a black woman and her daughter, a white woman. And in that situation, what it looks like happened is the black woman instigated that whole situation. The black woman and her daughter instigated the whole situation, escalated it up to that woman feeling like she needed to buy a gun. And then when it came out, then it's like, oh, we got you on video, white lady doing this. And, you know, I've like been in several weeks or something. No, I, just, I mean, it happened last week, I think. No, no, Maybe. I mean, like, no, the. You can't just go and buy a gun and get it that same day. So that's why. Oh, no. The woman had the gun in her car. She's a gun owner. Okay. Gotcha. You know, but you can't pull a gun out with your finger on it. You can't pull a gun out pointed at people. Uh, (laughs) What? You can't. You You can't can't be like Kevin and and, and Karen. No, you can't. Aiming their gun at all the protesters. You can't do that. And that's why they, you know, they was looking at bringing charges against them. You can't aim a gun at people with intent. Um, without it being a self-defense type situation. Yeah. You know, it, it clearly if somebody done made you mad and arguing, you can get in your vehicle and go. But you clearly got in your vehicle and went and got a gun. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have left. And so, but the conversation has turned into one, how how are we this invalidates the movement? I, they're trying to invalidate it, but it's not because there are people who support Black Lives Matter that you know, are all racist, not just all black people have to have that same sentiment. But when you when you see these goons and they just shooting people, clearly that's not Black Lives Matter because they don't give a care. They don't care who's in those cars. But the argument online is like, look, a black person killed another black person. They clearly don't care about black people. And, and that's just not how it is. Like I on my podcast, I was like, look, my emotional response is what was all this protesting about if we don't give a damn about each other? And that's not fair to say because the protesters ain't the ones acting the ass. But also, I my problem with saying that this invalidates the movement is that I want black people to be able to have the same rights of being a dick as <laughs> white people. Like how like, okay, so that, that woman was a dick. She escalated some shit and she tried to use it. She was an asshole, right. okay? Why? 
does that behavior automatically implicate that she's now speaking for the culture? Why is her behavior applied to all black people at this point? Like right. white people get all these it's Karens so and everybody, all right. these Karens and everybody that's been doing their thing, they be they do it, they weaponize their whiteness, and nobody says, Oh, look at all white people like this, you know, in a way that invalidates anything white people are doing because white people don't have to have a movement. But because we black and we have a movement and we'll say that this black lady weaponized blackness as a dickhead to try to, you know, get some cookie racist points. Right, right. How come that's like, oh, we that the movement is a problem now. Like if a white person looks at the behavior of one black person and says, I'm not going to uh, validate anything that y'all are trying to do because of that black person. They got the problem. We don't have a problem in that. I can't do shit more about that woman fighting. I can only do what I'm doing to help in my way of the movement. And I'm tired of like black folks saying like, well, we we be doing this to each other. Who is fuck is we? I ain't never killed no goddamn body. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. They group us together. Well, like one person in our culture represents the whole culture. When it's them, they are actual identity, you know, what are what am I? They're individuals. They're individuals. Thank you. And and that that's really what it is. Like we oh man, I'm going to get this quote wrong. I was watching the shy the other day and there's this little girl on there and she made a quote that was amazing. She was like, look, it was this, this preppy school that they were going to. So these black kids and they were the only black kids and it's like an all white school. The what this black girl came up to the two kids and they were like, look, y'all got to stop all this, this ghetto shit, basically. And she's like, look, around these white people, we're going to have to work twice as hard. We got to show out. We got to, you know, be we can't just be great. We have to be phenomenal. And unfortunately, that's the way our life is. Like we are up under the microscope for everything that we do, and it's not fair. So what you're saying is is legit. Like we we should be able to be dickheads, but we got a lot of dickheads that's taking too much accountability. Like these goons and whatnot. That that culture has to die. But that's not realistic. It's well, not realistic at all. Like if if you're if as black people, if we say okay, as black people, we got to be good blacks. We got to not fight. We got to not shoot. We got to not hurt each other. All of us got to say kumbaya and hold hands and maybe white people will give us something. If we got to do all of that, we might as well just have a fucking civil war. Exactly. And that's if not possible. If we got possible. to do all that, we might as well fuck them up, <laughs> which we would lose. Well, yeah, but yeah. I'm not for like being a good black and putting on the mask of being good. Every culture gets to have a subset of motherfuckers that are problems. Most How come the people that are a subset of our problems is used against us to say, well, that's why we're not giving you shit. That's and why y'all they, in the jails. That's why the police is beating y'all ass. But then they don't even want to listen to why we're in those situations because, you know, we haven't always been in this condition. There's been times in our history where we're doing actually pretty well. But, you know, other other things happen, you know, drugs came into our community, they broke up the homes. Like there are programs that actively, you know, to get help, you got to break up the family. Like, I don't really believe that. Like, I don't want fathers to be away from their kids. But nobody talks about this part of the conversation because it's that propaganda against the white, uh, the black family. But the white family has the uses those programs in larger numbers. But yeah. we are the one like those families don't have dads in the household either. But black people, the ones that get like we the one, it's our trademark. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We think Reagan and all them motherfuckers, welfare queen type shit for putting that into the white American psyche. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but, too, because I just said it. 
Yeah, I mean, it is we co-op shit. We co-opt white supremacy shit because it's built in. We, we we grow up with white supremacy. But but you know, I guess my last point of this conversation is if before we was a bigger problem in our community as we are now towards each other, white people weren't giving us shit, weren't helping, it was fucking us up. And right. if everybody in the black community started holding hands and saying kumbaya tomorrow, it wouldn't be the reason why they say let's change shit for them. Hell nah. Because the the reason that the system is the way it is because white supremacy deems that white is better and that white deserves more and that's the problem hmm. it don't have nothing to do with our behavior if you're gonna help somebody shogun you're gonna help somebody because it's right and it's what you should do right you know if you're gonna look at somebody's behavior especially not you know especially somebody that ain't if you look at all of their behavior based off of the few then you got the problem your system of how to determine what you do right or how you help is flawed. It's Most messed definitely. up. And you can it's say like, the same. I'm sorry. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. You can say the th same thing about the police, how they view everybody as a criminal before they actually, you know, you can diffuse a situation going back to that point earlier just by saying, how is your day going? You know, don't just walk up to the car and be like, do you know why I stopped you? I'm like, oh, come on, bro. I don't know. Like, if I say anything to you and it's not what you want to hear, you might pop off with another attitude. So it's just, it's just, there's many ways you can diffuse the situation. And, and I think approaching the issue is part of the problem. Most people are, are ready to attack everything instead of just saying, well, why is it like this? You know, and try to process to, to how did we get to this point? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I just... I, I understand why black people might get in a pattern of being like, why we do this to each other? Well, because white people created a system by which this would be done to us. I mean, mm -hmm. take everything away from the white community. Do hit that shit like uh, what's that movie with Eddie Murphy? Um, fuck. Uh, was what, what happened with Eddie Murphy in this movie? In this, oh, trading this, places. Trading places. Eddie Murphy was a broke dude pretending to be yeah. legless at the beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah. They took this white man, took all his wealth away and everything, and at the end of the movie, he was ready to kill somebody about that shit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what white culture did to us. That's what colonization did to us. What colonization did is it said, okay, we're going to take opportunities away from you. We're going to take education away from you. No, no, no. Not, let me not say they take away from you because we never had it at first. On paper, they gave it to us. And then they created systems that said you're not going to get education like this, right. K through 12. You're not going to get university education like this. You're not going to get opportunities in terms of the workforce like this. You're not going to get paid the same amount. You're not going to be able to live in, in as good as community. You're not going to be able to access arms in the same way. You're not going to get your calls to the police returned to you at the same time and help. When they mm -hmm. come to, the, to your environment, they're not going to come with a smile. They're going to come with a fucking frown. Yeah. You're not going to get the same type of support when it comes to legislation. You're not going to get the same type of, of uh, support when it comes to fixing your roads and fixing your neighborhoods. You're, you're, we created a system by which y'all can't get none of that shit. And then right. we're going to pull you all into these neighborhoods. We're going to give you a whole bunch of drugs. We're going to give you a whole bunch of guns. And we're going to see what happened. And you know what your experiment did? It created a whole group of people that, that need shit that don't have it, that will take it from somebody else who got it, 
who have uh, abuse substance issues that they're trying to cope with while figuring out how they finna eat a meal. Man. They got guns, and so because they can't eat, they got to figure out who they're going to take it from. Right. And that y'all created that system. Y'all created that system. So to say that the reason that y'all believe lead, behave the way y'all do is the reason that y'all can't get the shit we got is is fuck shit. It's fuck shit. It's like it's like locking a bird in his cage and not feeding it because it, it ain't flying around. <laughs> you did that shit. You did that shit too. And so I'm over. I'm. I understand how black people can get there, but I don't give a fuck about black on black crime. I don't give a yeah. fuck about black people hurting other black people. As long as justice continues to be swift for a black motherfucker who hurt somebody, then I don't give a fuck about what they do. I mean, we got a conversation to have within the community about how we fix that shit. That's that's where I was about to say we we gotta we we can't continue doing this. There's this gotta, gotta be, be a better way. This gotta be like the the I don't eat chicken in front of white people so that they don't <laughs> have no stereotype. We right. when we have this conversation in front of white people, it just gives them more ammunition to say, right. "Oh, you right? I'm not. You know, it is them that's doing this to each other. It's not us. Well, they don't. We don't need change. They need change." No, that's, it's, how a, they, that's how they use it. It's a lot of problems going on at one time. And the main thing is, if we solve poverty in our community, a lot of this shit would just go away naturally. Yeah. Like, there's there's nobody putting forth that effort. Like, right now, a third of the country is unemployed, and there is no kind of help coming from our government. This is the most trying time in my life ever. I'm blessed to still have a job, but it's like, People are out here starving with no kind of answer for tomorrow and there's no kind of rescue or help coming from anybody. This shit's insane. I'm surprised we haven't had more crime. But that's a conversation for a later day, I guess. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, I didn't mean for it to be so depressing. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I appreciate the dialogue. It was a good one. It was necessary. Yeah. I'm um, curious to see what your listeners think about this. Like, I want to know some solutions. Like, what can we do? Like, you, you, you're doing something that I really value, and that's the Brothers Let's Talk. Yeah. Like, just having a platform where people can express themselves. Like, I know how much podcasting has helped me, just having an ear or at least venting. Like, having a platform where people can go out there and just express themselves is, is so valued right now. Because who knows, those guys, well, I don't know about the, the guys shooting in the mall, but just a simple conversation can change somebody's perspective on life. You never know how much that could be effective on their whole outcome of life, period. A, a conversation will definitely, definitely change, but what would change those guys for the better is to have been born into a society that had equal opportunities at education, that had equal opportunities at job employment, that had equal support for the community that, that they came up in, and for them to not feel such such anger and frustration with maybe their environment and their situation that they would shoot in a, a bunch of in a group full of open people, and so we got to work on that shit as a as a community. But how we're working on it as a community now is we're demanding change from the system. Mm. And we can't let demanding that change for the system. The shit that them boys did is a fucking result of the system. And so right. we can't fix the system by fixing us first. We got to fix them boys by fixing the system. Because yeah, yeah, the yeah. next motherfucking uh, one-year-old 
in 14 years gonna be one of them backpack with a gun and it toting ass boys if right. his environment don't allow him to be something different mm. and that's where we are doing what the fuck we supposed to do mm. it ain't no step back and start working on black we can do we can walk and fucking chew gum at the same time no no you we saying can, something right there yeah you're right yeah we can have our conversation but what we supposed to be doing is demanding change it is fuck redlining right Right. Motherfucking real estate agents to take black people to the houses that they can afford to fucking buy. Bro. Not the ones that exist on this side of the fucking uh, railroad tracks. Bro, they, you know, you know what they did? They was like, all right, I hear you. So what we're going to do, we're going to stop calling it master bedroom. That's going to be the primary room from here on out. <laughs> you know what? They, they still call that shit the master. <laughs> it's the fucking okay, master. <laughs> listen, they stopped calling that shit the master bedroom, but still sell plantation style home. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> You know a plantation style home actually used to be a plantation. <laughs> it was a plantation. Why the fuck they talking about plantation style like the My bitch was built was after this? <laughs> yeah, like the shit was built after the motherfucking whole plantation period. No, this was a plantation home. Call that shit what it is, but that that's not that ain't how you get that. It's appeasement. It's smoking mirrors. Yes. But yes. we ain't seeing through that shit now. That shit always happened. Not seeing through that shit now. No, no, we are seeing through it now. We are seeing through that shit now. I don't say that yeah. wrong. Okay. We're like, seeing through that shit now. Yeah, we, we seeing not, through it. We, we ain't did. getting hoodwinked by it now. It's mm. like, we didn't ask you for none of that shit. Nah, nah. We want some effective change. Let that shit happen. Uh, but I don't have a problem with it because I do think that it's bringing awareness and I think it's forcing people to have a conversation they don't want to have. Even if a white woman come and spill paint on the BLM, you know, street signs. There's white people that's uncomfortable with acknowledging that it's somebody that look like them that hate black movement so much that it got to move them to something. You're not going to move the woman who's doing this shit. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody's ever saying, hey, only the black people matter. It's our lives also matter. It don't matter. I, I'm over trying to explain. Like, people give a whole bunch of good examples. Like, somebody said, if when they when Alabama's, Alabama released their statement and said, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Right. If, if you believe all lives matter, Saying Black Lives Matter shouldn't make a difference to you because Black lives are a part of all lives. Yeah, unless bitch. they don't think we're alive or something like. Exactly. How can you have problems with this? So if you can't say Black Lives Matter, then all lives matter to you is just to subvert the dialogue away from Black because you don't give a fuck about Black. You don't care. You don't give a fuck about it. Last thing before I go, did you hear they snatched up a, a statue of Frederick, Frederick Douglass? No, I ain't heard that. <laughs> it's like they snatched it out in uh, Rochester, New York. Um, of all the people to try to get rid of a statue, Frederick Douglass should be on the very bottom of that list. Like, this man... I'm assuming that white people did that. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I mean, it makes sense. Let's find white a black guy. People, listen, There is a white, famous black guy. Listen. White people's measure of removing statues isn't about the history of the person. It's about the fact that they mad that the shit they want is being fucked up. So they're saying, well, we're going to fuck up the shit you want. That, that's how they look at shit. That, that's, how they, that's how they're interpreting it. It ain't about understanding the history. It's the fact that this is ours. And this belongs to you, so I'm going to take it. It don't matter that Frederick... Like, Frederick Douglass could have signed legislation to make white people wealthier than they would have been. It don't matter. They would still snatch him out the ground because he's a black statue. 
that invalidates their whole Confederate argument in my book is because if you go get mad at people for getting mad about history, you should do your own history and realize who this man's statue is that you just snatched down. Shit's just crazy. Like, you're just looking for an excuse to be mad. So, shut the fuck up. Like, Absolutely. Please shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. I love your podcast, bro. This shit is always good. <laughs> right. I'm, shit, I appreciate I, you for being a part of it, man. Things I never think I'm going to have a conversation about, I, <laughs> it ends up happening on this podcast. It's, it's always great. But, guys, if you want to hear some funny shit and some wild shit and uh, no fucks given, go check out the Government Name Podcast. That's G-U-B-M-I-N-T. N-A-M-E podcast. I almost fucked that up. I always fuck it up. <laughs> but over there, we're the checks and balances of social commentary. You should check us out. Please do. I'm going to tag out. Thank you, sir, for having me. I appreciate that, man. All right. Up next, we have AJ. What's up? One of my long-term <laughs> friends. And I appreciate you for joining. Anything you want to say about yourself to the people? Um. Yeah, I've known Mr. Sharp for a long time. We cool. Uh, that I don't have a lot to say about myself. I'm just a regular girl, woman, person of African American descent, I guess. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. That's it. All right. Drop the mic. (laughs) All right. So everybody that I talk to, we doing a Reddit post and we doing a news story. So we got the ones we doing right now, and this is what we finna do. Um. This one is my girlfriend, a uh, 25-year-old female, repeatedly insists that I redo my proposal over and over. I'm running out of patience. I, 24-year-old male, proposed to my girlfriend in late 2019 after two years together. Admittedly, now I think back on it, it wasn't the most well-thought-out planned or proposal. It wasn't the most well-thought-out or planned proposal. It was mostly spontaneous and came as we were lying in bed together, so I didn't even have a ring at the time. At the time, my girlfriend said that she would love to marry me, but she had been looking forward to a more elaborate proposal. I assured her that I'd sort something out. A month later, after shopping for the perfect ring, I set up some candles when she was coming home one day. I think the Chandler Monica proposal in Friends and asked her again. Well, my girlfriend loved the ring, thankfully, and teared up with happiness. She said that she really appreciated my effort, but she she meant by elaborate was something original that she could tell our kids about one day. She mentioned the name of one of her friends whose boyfriend we both know proposed by making a huge video montage of their time together and putting it on a projector. I decided to start over and in February I planned a three night trip away to our favorite city. This time I spared no expense and ordered all the extras, a five star hotel, a photographer, even an opera quartet. When I asked her to marry me, my girlfriend said yes and I thought all was well. Except when we were alone again, she gently told me that she didn't think now was the right time and she was so worried about her future COVID-19 that a proposal wouldn't be a good memory for her. Since then, I've carried the ring around with me almost everywhere. At this point, I've even tried to involve my girlfriend in some of the proposal planning, asking where, when, how she'd like us to get engaged and what would make her happy. However, all she has told me is that she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for, and I'll know when the right proposal comes. From my perspective, this is hugely frustrating since in all other respects, she's assured me that she wants us to begin our lives together. Last week, I thought I'd bite the bullet again, and after cooking her a homemade meal, I asked her if she'd like to be my wife. She asked me if I was trying to propose, and I asked her what was wrong with that. Once more, she told me she can't wait to marry me, but it still wasn't quite the proposal she needed. 
honestly, at this point, I'm frustrated. I realize that my girlfriend might come off as pushy or how maintenance in this post, but I love her very much. And in day-to-day -day life, she's honestly the most understanding, chill person to be around. However, I don't understand why she's acting this way and what I'm supposed to do to satisfy her with the perfect proposal at this point. I'm confused and running out of patience. How do I deal with this? All right, so off the bat, I'm very confused for him as well. <laughs> I, do, I have no idea what she wants. <laughs> what does she want? <laughs> I I don't know. Like, he doesn't he done use money. Right. He like, done I, use, like, just general connection one-on-one -on -one time. Right. I mean, he used something sentimental and close, you know, cooking a meal. Right. And, he he I, did I, something I, elaborate. He went through, like, a whole nother country and... <laughs> got an opera quartet like, right so at this point like they have a story already it's like i proposed to your mom 1500 times and every time she said she was not ready <laughs> yeah you're right that is a story like this is uh, she messing up she's making a story that, that that she don't want her kids to hear right <laughs> you're gonna she's gonna look like the baby like i honestly i've never heard of this before like not be like, go ahead I just said, like, not none of those proposals were good enough. Like, I can understand the one, the, the initial one in the bed, just out of nowhere, no ring, nothing. That might be a little bit like, eh, all right, can you do better? But then he did better. So and it wasn't enough. <laughs> so tell me this. Do you think a proposal is for the man and how he wants to portray the proposal? Or is it for the woman and a man should try to accommodate how... Or is it just generally don't matter as long as you got everything that's needed and you have the love and want that marriage? That it's just about the sentiment of I want to be with you forever. What you think? I think it's just about the sentiment. A ring, I mean, I guess, quote unquote, a ring solidifies the intent. But, like, to be proposed without a ring is stupid. Like, that's stupid. That happens every, to some women that happens every day. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm not one of those women. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't, I feel like marriage in itself and, like, the idea of getting married and the wedding and being proposed is all a fabrication of something that's real. Like, it's not, that part's not real. Like, and women, like, they, it's a, it's kind of like a selling, a selling dreams kind of thing. So, it's like women yeah. buy into that, like, they have to have the perfect everything. I don't agree with that. I think it should come from the heart. It should be sentimental, and it doesn't really matter. I don't care. So that's why I'm really having a hard time understanding where she's coming from. <laughs> so do you do you agree with marriage generally? Is marriage um, something you can do without, something you have to have? It's something that I don't have to have, but, I mean, I understand the, the societal benefits, I guess, but it really doesn't add anything to a relationship if you have everything you need in the relationship. That makes sense. Yeah, it, I, I remember having a conversation with some people and it got to, you know, what's the what's the end goal of a relationship? And everybody was saying marriage, marriage. And I was like, on paper, marriage is the beginning of a relationship. What do you mean? Right, That's, it's right. not the end. You know, and so it's like the the goal of a relationship for me is at the end of it to have had a successful relationship. Right. And marriage at best is a stepping stone for that. Right. But it's not mandatory for that. Right. It's not necessary for, like, you can have everything in a relationship without being married. You can have everything that a married couple has, if that makes sense. 
So I'm, I'm just having a hard time understanding where she, like, she either doesn't really want to marry this person or she really wants the perfect proposal and I don't get it. <laughs> I, don't I mean, get it's it. so subjective. Like, how, it, it's got to be tough to be on this side of, of that conversation because right. what can I do? What can I do? I like, also feel like it's, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, man, like, at this point, I'm thinking about, like, getting some homeless people to Act like they rob me and be like, oh, yeah, just joking. This is the proposal. <laughs> like, scare you, like, scare the hell out of her so that she'd be like, okay, I don't even want him to try no more. Let's just get married. Fuck this. Right. Let's do it now. <laughs> just right now. Just right yeah, here. Yeah, let's do it now. He done got into dangerous territory with this situation. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I, mean. I feel like at this point, she is, she knows what she wants, but she wants him to come up with it. That's what I feel like, too. And that's like a, that's so stupid. That is the dumbest thing. <laughs> like, I want you to know what I want. <laughs> like, Dang. Dang. Like, you just, you just have to know. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, it's not working. <laughs> so, I'm going to throw out a surprise update for this. They don't normally Ooh. update them, but this one got an update. So, let, let's talk about how, how this transpired. I need uh, to know. <laughs> Thank you to everybody for your advice. I actually wrote this post yesterday, but it was too soon to post an update. There are a lot of people calling my girlfriend a future bridezilla, and while my post may have made her seem demanding, I'd just like to clarify that she really is my best friend and a great person. There is no chance of us breaking up. Saying that, after thinking a lot about the responses I received, I decided to sit my girlfriend down and draw a line in the sand. I told her that after four proposals, I'm lost and confused as to what she wants, and if she has a dream proposal in mind, that she had to tell me exactly what she wants so I could make this work. My girlfriend looked somewhat nervous at that, so I pushed her to communicate properly. She apologized again for not accepting my proposals earlier, but said in 2019 she was still testing out our relationship. And so when I asked her to marry me, she said try again rather than yes in the hope that I'd wait longer. From her mm -hmm. perspective, while she had responded positively to the idea of marriage prior to this, it had still been too soon for real engagement. I'll admit that I'm not the best at reading social subtext if it's not stated directly, so I could have missed the implication when she asked for a different proposal. When I later asked her in February, she knew that I was the one but was telling the truth about being too anxious to consider marriage. She actually confessed that she's planning on proposing to me later this year, sometime around when we were planning to fly my, to my home country. She had been trying to keep it a surprise, but we've now agreed that it's better we're both on the same page when it comes to proposing. We decided that we're both going to sit down and work together to make proposals special for both of us. Mm. <laughs> so that's different. So it sounds like the reality is that she was anxious about being married, didn't want to be married, right. didn't want to <laughs> say no, but found a way to prolong actually saying yes and getting to it. That's dumb. <laughs> happen when you don't communicate that's what happens right. when you like what makes you afraid to say we ain't ready for this right or I don't know. i'm not ready for this like just say it like <laughs> this is how you end up in a relationship you ain't really want to be in like, exactly exactly it's tw 12 really years done, 12 years done passed by and you keep thinking about the day he proposed to you that you should have been like no <laughs> right or at least be like i'm not sure like <laughs> i don't know that's what, like, I don't feel like, you know how on TV shows when people propose and then the one person is like, I don't want to marry you yet, but they yeah. break off the whole relationship. It's like, you don't yeah. have to break up. You're just not ready to get married. That's <laughs> like, my problem. Like, you know what? <laughs> I have the same issue when it comes to Republicans or Democrats 
mm. who leave their party and go to the complete opposite party. So you mean to tell me all of your the ideals have changed all the way over here? Right. So when it comes to relationships, it's like, so I'm somebody you would marry if if you said yes, and somebody you would be together forever, but because you said no, it invalidates everything that we could have been for each other now. Right, and like, not even as you say, like, I can understand if you say, no, I don't want to marry you, and that's the end-all, be-all, that person really wanted to get married, and then you, you're like, you don't want to get married, but if you're saying, like, yet, like, you just don't think you're ready yet, but you feel like you do want to marry this person, I don't understand why the relationship has to end. Yeah. Like, you can still be together, and if the relationship is good like there's no reason to break up <laughs> but you know what with this situation i would have been heated that she that she put me through the ringer for that right you know like not she made me believe that there was something i was doing that was wrong <laughs> you know like right. i could have done this thing i was doing better she, instead of saying i have a problem with how soon it is she was saying that you have a problem with how you're doing this and i need you to do it right all just so she could get more time and it makes you know her look crazy. Like, <laughs> it do make her look crazy. Like, what like, am I supposed to think about exactly. how you're going to communicate with me in our marriage? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? Something's wrong with you. Because you want something to be perfect, but you're not willing to tell me what you want. But I got to keep trying it. Like, I don't get it. Like, that's that's just the perception that you would have if somebody did that to you. <laughs> it's like, I don't Yeah. I don't understand. Then, like, to come back and be like, oh, I just wasn't ready. It's like, then why didn't you just tell me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like don't make me get these homeless out. people over here again. Right. Every time <laughs> I get you in the marriage, come up, I'm going to call the homeless. <laughs> like, don't wait till I get fake mugged. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't let us get here no more. Don't let us get to this point now. <laughs> just let us talk, talk about it. Just talk. I, guess, I don't, I don't. All right, well, at least they're still together. They're going to get married eventually. (laughs) Look, different strokes are different folks, man. If it worked for them, then go for it. I hope they go to marriage counseling before marriage and learn how to communicate better. I hope she does communicate better. (laughs) I know, right? And I hope she talk about this situation, too. And I hope he's a good (laughs) communicator, too, because he might not be that great at communicating either. Because honestly, I would have been like, at the second proposal, when you're saying you want a different one, it was like, but why? Like, what do you mean? I would have forced Girl. her. You ain't lying. Because on that second one, it looked like he spent money, money. Right. No, like, the third one, he spent money, money. Right. I would have been. And then when she compared what her friend did right. with her friend boyfriend, I would be like, I ain't him. I ain't that nigga. Right. Like, no. no it's like, don't you want something me. unique and special, but you give me examples for someone else? Like, exactly. Like, I want you to be that creative, but not that. <laughs> like, that's what? like asking your kid to make you a special Mother's Day card that nobody else has ever made, but you don't <laughs> tell him what you want. <laughs> but he has to make a perfect card exactly. for you. Then he gives you a card with a heart on. It's like I've seen this before. No, do it again. <laughs> exactly. Like what? <laughs> See that? That's how you gonna get it. You gonna get a heart on your wall. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> you gonna put your kid. In the... Yeah, exactly. You... <laughs> You're going to push your kid into being a wrong kind of... Uh, that moment might be when your kid be like, this woman don't love me. You're going to be standing over your bed with a knife at nighttime when he's 12 years old. Right. <laughs> remember that heart I made you, Mom? <laughs> you remember? I remember. <laughs> it was the 12th one I did. Yeah, and it still wasn't good enough. 
<laughs> Horrible. Horrible. You can't make some. That's what I'm saying. You can't make somebody do something which I don't. Whatever. At least they're they're happy. They seem yeah, like, like happy. the word creative literally means however you figure it out. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's really it's really confusing to be like be creative, but you still want it in some kind of box. <laughs> right. You know, be but we found out the way I want you to be creative. Yeah, we found out that wasn't a real thing. I would ask her. I would be like, so of all those proposals, if you was ready, which one of them was the best? <laughs> like, which one would you have said yes to the first one? Or, right. or what about when we went on that that trip to our favorite city? Which one was which Did one you was like really good? Friend proposal. <laughs> exactly. Which one was the best? Um, all right. So, all right. So. Appreciate you for that uh, hitting that Reddit post up with me. Now we're gonna talk about some news. <laughs> right. Um, so Hamilton released this week. Right, right. Have right. you heard? Have you heard Hamilton? I listened to the soundtrack first and foremost. Listen, I'm one. I'm doing something. Go get something to drink. I'm sorry. Go get no, something to drink. Fine. <laughs> fine. Okay. I, I literally appreciate you for jumping in here last minute. So noise from the children is all right. But he, whatever, it is a whole nother topic. Okay. <laughs> so Hamilton. Okay, so I heard the soundtrack like years, like a couple years ago because it's on Spotify. And I kept hearing about the Broadway play and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Heard it was great. Magical. Beautiful. Lovely. Whatever. <laughs> I listened to the music. I liked the soundtrack. And I thought it was like an interesting um spin on American history as far as like the quote unquote hip hop because I know there's controversy surrounding that <laughs> and yeah. like the fact that like minorities like majority minorities produced it or whatever so I thought that was cool like that's whatever that's that's what's up so I watched it the other night and I was I liked it like I did like it the historical aspect of it, I'm not so sure about, but it did enlighten me to a lot of things that might have happened during that time, if that makes sense. So, I listened to Hamilton's soundtrack about a hundred times. Right. I'm not lying. I literally mean, like, at least a hundred times. Like, Wait, so, this is... Did you, did you listen to the original and, like, the, um, like, you know, how artists redid it, the, like, they yeah. made the song? I, yeah, I, I, I listened to the re- both. Yeah. They should the not have redone it. They shouldn't they should have. Not. I agree. <laughs> they I should agree. not have redone it. It, it, it was a cash, was a cash grab. <laughs> right. <laughs> a, how can we get other people to start paying more attention to this again right. now so that like, they buy eighteen hundred dollar ticket for the show? <laughs> because them tickets was outlandish for the show. I believe it. Uh, so the way <laughs> and the way that I came to know about Hamilton was by uh, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I was in a courtroom. Um, with a bunch of different people and we were in the back room and uh this young white lawyer assumed that i watched hamilton because it was hip-hop he was like you know what i just watched hamilton for the first time i'm the only black man in the room i just watched (laughs) hamilton for the first time and i just didn't i never really liked hip-hop but the fact that you know it was the way that they were telling it you know the 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 10 um Ten Dual Commandments, and he was like, "How did you feel about it when you watched it?" And I was like, "I have no idea what Hamilton wait, is, sir." Wait, wait. Props to him for not thinking that you couldn't afford to see it, 
See? But you gotta look at it a different way. He thought you I mean, saw I, it. <laughs> I like the guy. I like the guy. He he actually no. he actually invited me to go watch it. He was like, <laughs> let's go, let's go to Ohio and watch it. You know, I was like, but I was like, I'm going to disregard that he just assumed that I listen to everything <laughs> hip hop. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll accept that he is into something that I'm into. And so <laughs> let's, I, I'm going to listen to it. I could be into it. I'm going to listen to it. I listened to it. I said, why had nobody told me about Hamilton? Right. Like, why couldn't <laughs> all my today. history in school be taught like this? If all right. history was taught like this, I would be like, let's do it. You right. know, it was hip hop, right. it was singing. Them people were singing they ass off. It had bars though, like some of them had bars, man. Bruh. So <laughs> it came out on the third, the day before Fourth of July, and <laughs> it's a whole production done by brown people, performed by brown people, but with a whole bunch of our white founding fathers as the content. So black people were playing the white founders in this thing. Yo, like my boyfriend was forced to watch it because he wasn't into it, but because I wanted to watch it. <laughs> so he was looking at it and he said the same thing. He's like, I wonder. No, he was just like, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, so all these people are playing white people. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> you can't look at colors just about the portrayal of the characters. He was like, I don't. Mm. <laughs> I can't. He couldn't do it. Now, Hercules Mulligan was actually black. Okay. Hercules Mulligan really was black. white on the picture that I looked up. Well, the picture, so the uh, <laughs> the historical reading I did identify him as a, a, a black uh, a no, black. I, uh, I believe it. I told him. I, I, I don't Hamilton, know. But, but now I gotta look. Hamilton was technically black. <laughs> That's what they, I mean, technically, well, okay, so, <laughs> Hamilton, so this is the thing, Hamilton maybe was black, maybe but black. because he cut from the Caribbean, but you know, I guess a lot of the Caribbean slave trade still didn't, it didn't impact everybody, so it's like, we don't know if he got that Afro component right. to him or not. Right, you know, that's what so, like he might be because they 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 refer to him as Creole, but maybe they they didn't know either. But because he yeah. was from the Caribbean, they assumed that he might have been. I don't know. I don't know. So Half. I'm just I really <laughs> like Hamilton, man. I but the thing. So listen to the soundtrack a hundred times. They didn't sing it with as much energy as goes into the soundtrack because that's the difference between being in a studio. And being on the stage singing it right. while they're acting and moving and dancing and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but it really pushed me to look up these people and look at how these things transpire. And the reality is, it's very subjective. Like, Hamilton used one book source to do this. I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda used one book source for this, which painted uh, Alexander Hamilton in a, a positive light. Right, I mean, it was his bi auto, not his autobiography. Oh my god, his biography. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton wrote his own his story in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's he did that. <laughs> right, he just came back and was like, you know, I'm gonna write my own story. Who lives, who dies, who tells my story? I'll, I'll tell it. But, you know, and they added stuff in there that, like, I've done research on that's not quite true. At mm -hmm. one point, they said that Martha Washington named her feral tomcat after him. Mm -hmm. And then he said, that's true. But it turns out that's not true. 
and then uh, the relationship between Eliza and um, Angelica. Angelica is like it's it's theorized that he had a relationship with both of them. I you know what though I took it as not I don't think it was necessarily like an affair. I think that they. I don't know the way it's portrayed and the thing they shared a connection in the Hamilton, like in the play Hamilton, yeah. they shared a connection. Whereas I didn't read the biography, but I would assume that it was just like they probably were friends. You know what I mean? And they just made it seem like it was more for the play. But I don't know. <laughs> well, the the reason that component is in the play is because. Because it's a whole song where Angelica gives a whole dedication to their marriage and she mm-hmm. rewinds and mm-hmm. it's about her wishing that she would have actually been the mm-hmm. one. So I think that there's some letters that that he wrote to her and she wrote to him that indicates that they might have had mm-hmm. more. But I don't think he wanted to put any more energy into making it seem like it was a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, versus we focusing on Eliza being the relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we're giving these hints of Angelica, like being like, oh, man, I, that could have been me. <laughs> right. Know? But then, but in all retrospect, too, like even the biography, like how, I mean, just because there are letters that he wrote and they wrote to each other doesn't necessarily mean that she felt that way. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. So it could just yeah. be like how he, per- like how Hamilton himself perceived their relationship, but she might have just thought it was cool. <laughs> and, and then. It could have just been cool for both of them, but right. that's how the writer of right. the autobiography perceived it, which Lin-Manuel Miranda had right. to perceive the writing of the author who perceived right. the writing of the letters. Who, so it's like a lot of stuff get lost in translation, so it's like we're telling the story how we want to tell it. Right, because I did look up, like, Angel, because I was interested in that relationship, too, and I looked it up. I looked up all them cats. Like, I didn't know that Aaron Burr, like, I looked up Aaron Burr. I knew that they had a duel and he shot Hamilton because I was in a commercial way back in the day. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> you remember? It's like, um, it like a guy ate a sandwich and, like, he called into a radio station and, like, the question was, like, who shot Alexander Hamilton? And he knew the answer, but his mouth was full of, like, something. And it was like a drink commercial. But he was like, Aaron Burr! Aaron Burr! <laughs> But he couldn't get it out. So that's what I remember. That's just how my mind works. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so I looked Now up. that you're saying it, it actually sounds familiar. Yeah, and I just had I no idea who any of those people were. Yeah, I, I'm, I look up, I retain information for no reason because I want to go on Jeopardy one day. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> but, hey. um, no, so I looked at these people and I looked at like Angelica. I looked at Theodosia for some reason. Don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like this song, that Theodosia. I did. I liked all it's of it. Dope. I like. I did songs. too. <laughs> all the songs got me. Like <laughs> if, if there's nothing that Lin Manuel Miranda can't do, it is he can write songs. Man, he wrote the Moana soundtrack. <laughs> Look, there's one part in it that caught me slipping though. It's one part in it that caught me slipping, okay? That wasn't in any of the um any it wasn't on the soundtrack. It was when they found out that Lawrence had been killed. Uh-huh. And they read the letter from the daddy. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect that. And it showed him over there with the light gleaming down on him. And yeah. then he looked back at that fucked me up. I was like, no. Yeah, right, me I wasn't too. expecting for any I wasn't ready for any unexpected emotional surprises in this. Me too, because I was like, wait. 
this song one. <laughs> I had the same reaction. I was like, no. But I guess they had to kill him. I mean, not necessarily. He died anyway. But they had to kill him in the play. So that he'd come back as the son. And the son, like, even, like, listen. The soundtrack, listening to the soundtrack and his son, that got me. And then it got me more when I saw it. <laughs> yeah. That hurt. <laughs> I was like, dang, Philip. <laughs> but, yeah, no. But, like, I looked up all that stuff. And like I didn't, I didn't find like Wikipedia is like didn't have a lot of information on Angelica and Hamilton's relationship. <laughs> but that's the thing. I, I was gonna mention one more thing about Lawrence is that mm-hmm. in the on the soundtrack it don't tell you when Lawrence dies. Mm-hmm. We just assume he dies. But at the very beginning, um, Bird did a callback to him dying. He mm-hmm. said, "Fools that run their mouths off wind up dead." And mm-hmm. then Lawrence come in and say, what time is it? Showtime. And then he said, like I said. Mm. So he was making a reference to Lawrence going to be the one who dies mm-hmm. at some point in it. But we just, I mean, we just didn't know when they died. Right. Um, but of all them original people, I mean, the only person that, like, died, died from bullshit is Lawrence. You know, uh, hey. as far as his, the crew goes. So that was, mm-hmm. that was, that was interesting. But uh, I just wonder how upset white America has been about. Like I have seen no post with like, is white America upset about? Is white America upset about seeing all these people? Right. I don't I, think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It's like, is it less important that they black and more important that they're talking about the heroes that we talking about that they want to rip their statues down now? <laughs> mm. So I don't think they're upset. Like the the sales, the ticket sales say not so much. <laughs> Exactly, like <laughs> ticket sales are way up. <laughs> They're still buying tickets for Hamilton, so <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't know. They be getting mad when their favorite childhood characters end up being played by a black person, but they let a whole presidential cast be black, and they just pay two thousand dollars for the ticket. <laughs> right, <laughs> in Puerto Rican, it's all like kind of brown people. So you can't have it both ways. Pick a side. <laughs> exactly. Why are we mad today? Don't get mad because Spider-Man is black. Get mad because George Washington's black. <laughs> well, look, I'm I'm gonna tell you, I want I want to say like I like everybody, but I really want to say that my favorite character, as far as personality goes, was the king. Oh yeah, like he played the role of a king. I mean, Jonathan Groff is. I feel like he's a good actor and a good performer in that way. I haven't seen much of his Broadway stuff, but I've seen him in stuff on like TV and stuff. I feel like he's good at what he does, like portraying characters. Oh yeah. But yeah, that that the king, King George, was amazing. So I'm gonna give you an observation life. about it. If you watch it again. I'm gonna give you an observation um, about it. Wait, Dad, a, <laughs> yeah, a part did. of me thinks. A part of me thinks that they told him don't blink during that whole thing. <laughs> he tried his best. Like, he blinked a little bit, like, when the camera zoomed in. But he kept his eyes pierced onto the audience. My favorite and I'm like, part. Right. Go ahead. I was just like, I, I wonder if they told him to do that or if that was his own flair that he bought to it. I feel like that was his flair. Like, I feel like that was the, that was the, that was his. Because, honestly, that, that would be my... Not necessarily, I don't know, I can't say that, but 
that was a good interpretation of a king, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he like pompous, yeah. full of himself. Like, just like, I can't believe that you would do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you want to go away from me? <laughs> have, have I not provided you with the best? <laughs> but yeah, my favorite part about his performance was the spit. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, that had to be, like, that was on purpose, too. Like, right? he wanted it to... He wanted you to know this is what he was feeling. Right. <laughs> but I thought that was that was the best part. That was, I even listening to the soundtrack before I even saw it, I was just like, yes, this is the best. <laughs> it was. Just the, just the how they pieced together how he had the song. And then he gets to the part, he's like, I'll kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. It's like it's crazy because it's like his interpretation of showing you that I care is that I'm going to fight for you to still right. be under my rule. But that's that's what makes Hamilton the the Broadway musical so interesting too because like all this stuff is documented things. Like you can actually go back and read these letters and these things that were written that they put in this play that were probably in the biography or whatever. And I wanna I wanna actually look at it and be like, is this really like how they said what they you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. was King George really like, so y'all really gonna do this? Like y'all really gonna go to war for this country? <laughs> and y'all think I'm gonna do something? <laughs> well, let me remind you. <laughs> like I really wanna read, you know what I mean? Get that context. Yeah. And I know it's in that 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 British in the old English but, but you <laughs> language. Know An another creative thing that Lin-Manuel Miranda did is that he created a song about mm -hmm. a part of history that is utterly undocumented, which is what happened in that room mm -hmm. with him and Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. They made a song about no what happened in that room. But let me tell you my favorite part of this whole thing. Because if I wasn't a fan of Leslie Odom Jr. before this, the way that Leslie Odom Jr. showed his utter, you know, discontent, this a lack of care for Hamilton's existence to transitioning to getting angrier and more jealous and angrier. Mm -hmm. it, he did a good, even with his facial expressions, with how he just right. had a good, I can't stand you facial expression. Like he, he had a great, like that role was, I feel like that might've been one of the hardest roles to pull off to put to come across like all those emotions and feelings and thoughts in one character at like any given time because it wasn't like at first it wasn't like a jealous well it was a jealousy thing throughout the whole thing but it wasn't like a hate thing at first yeah but it became more hateful and then it became less hateful like they had a um not necessarily like a frenemy situation but they had a like they could have worked together yeah it was, like a, it was like an unhealthy competition. Right, right. <laughs> it was healthy to transition to unhealthy competition. Right. It was a, like he could have, like, and that that's the thing. When he tried to be like Hamilton, it didn't work for him because he's, you're not built for that. Like, that's what I thought. It's like, you're not, you're not that kind of person. He would have been good doing what he was doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, just staying, like, he didn't have to be... Like, he was never going to be president, but he didn't have to be president. Like, he could have been something else, but he wanted yeah. he wanted what Hamilton could do, and he wanted what, Hamilton, what he thought Hamilton had. 
Yeah. But and that's did. what, and they just show him getting shorted the whole time. Even at the very beginning, listen, at the very beginning when he did, when Hamilton did the song, I'm not throwing away my shot and everybody mm-hmm. was else was hyping up around him. Mm-hmm. They had Aaron Burr in the background reading a book. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they had Aaron Burr just sitting in the background in the chair reading the book uninterested. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're build, they're showing us how little of a fuck Aaron Burr gives about Alexander Hamilton right. like, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I like I like that. I, I really like man, I like that whole shit. Even though it wasn't accurate portrayal, even though right. Alexander wasn't the anti-abolitionist like they kind of say they were when he made that little snub about Virginia and slaves doing the planting. Um I feel I feel like I don't know. I didn't, I haven't read up on it like you probably have, but um I feel like he might have put stuff in about abolishing slavery, not for the reason, not for the right reasons. He probably so, did it for more political reasons other than like freeing. So John Adams was absolutely mm-hmm. a slave abolitionist. John mm-hmm. Adams, he actually was a lawyer for free slaves. Mm-hmm. So he never owned slaves and he never condoned anybody that owned slaves. So the fact that Alexander Hamilton was George Washington's right hand man when George Washington had slaves is mm-hmm. kind of what what makes his history with slave abolition kind of shaky he never owned slaves right. but he did purchase slaves for his family right and so he participated in a system and it seems like that he more so used uh, the south using slavery as a leveraging tool more so than an actual declaration right. that that's he what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i feel like he was more political like he didn't fight as hard like he probably didn't fight at all but he probably was opposed to like slavery just on the quieter side because he wasn't trying to do nothing about it for real. <laughs> yeah. But if like, he probably anybody... felt like it was something wrong, but it's like, eh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are we supposed yeah. to do? I mean, <laughs> it's the system we got, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the president has slaves. I'm, I'm, supposed to pick my own, I'm supposed to pick my own cotton? <laughs> <laughs> no, so. but like, I feel like he was, um, it, like, he was probably influenced by people around like John Lawrence who was opposed, well, at least in that, in the play, he was opposed to slavery. So he probably yeah. was influenced and he wanted to, like, bring that in, but he probably couldn't find a way in, seeing that's how George Washington yeah. had slaves. So it's like, I don't know how to do that. But if you or anybody want to, like, get a different vantage point of perspective, they had, they had a John Adams 10-part miniseries about John Adams, which clearly painted him in a positive light. Mm-hmm. But it painted Alexander Hamilton as a manipulator, mm-hmm. as a, a kind man, as conniving. It just painted him as using words because he was a really good prolific mm-hmm. writer to kind of get his way and kind of like right. creep into everybody's systems. That's the thing that I noted too in the play. Like they showed that like he did and like Aaron Burr always countered him about it in the play. As far as like, why do you use so many words? And everybody's like, why do you write like you have to do it? Like, why do you yeah. write like there's no tomorrow? Like you write like you're gonna die or something. But it's like that's that's he was a minute. Like I get that, and that's that's yeah. that's the hard part about history. Like this is why writing history is so important, and why we have to do that work too because. They'll rewrite history to where they're the good guy. What they they already have, they're the good guys all the time. Yeah. Like it is like we were seeing now, more and more is coming to light that that's not necessarily the right. <laughs> that's not it. 
And I saw a post on Facebook. I'm just gonna wrap up with this. I saw a post on Facebook that was like, you know, Hamilton wasn't an accurate portrayal of history, and it started listing down the things that was problematic with his existence. And I was like, so pretty much the same as all the history books that we got in the schools teaching the kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like none of these people's stories that we're seeing them how it, like we get those little friendly stories like George Washington chopped down the cherry tree and I cannot tell a lie and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I mean they're lucky that a, a brown person decided to tell positive stories of their mm -hmm. heroes um before they um uh statues get snatched down. Right. And put in a uh in a, in a um museum. <laughs> Which I feel like they should be in a museum anyway. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I mean, they the, should. All of any should. statues and stuff. It don't, it, I don't necessarily care about like civil rights statues either being out in public. Like, they can all be in museums if you want to do that. That's fine. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but like to parade around like y'all ain't do nothing wrong. And put all this in everybody's faces, like, yeah, these are our heroes, but <laughs> here we are. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we got a lot of work to do. But I mean, Hamilton was great as a piece of art and a piece it of history. It definitely was. It definitely was. <laughs> but like, I just, I just, we just need people to do more research and not believe art. As the end all be all, like this is the truth. It's not truth, it's an interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> it always is yeah. an interpretation. <laughs> always. Well, look, AJ, I appreciate you for jumping on. Uh, I'm horrible at time management, apparently, because we right. 40 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this it was a great a, conversation. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Man, this was good. I, I really appreciate you for bringing some valuable input to the show. And man, so next time I need a person, I'm I'm definitely gonna holler at you to see if you're available. All right. Um, cool. My podcast partner got a headache, too bad to, to participate. Aww. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get yeah. off so you can get the next person on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank All right, you. Thank you. Thank you for um having me on. <laughs> All right now. All right. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. Tagging in is my boy Alan. What's good, my boy? Nothing much. Chilling. Cooling. Okay, okay. Um, anything you want to tell the people about yourself? Uh, my name is Alan. I'm 34. I live in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, it's not like a dating profile or something. Uh, <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Uh, <laughs> I'm lying. My fat ass don't like walking. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but I'm a cool person. Goofy is all I do. And really, first podcast, really excited. Let's do this. That's what's up, man. I, I appreciate you for coming on and says last minute. Thank you for responding to my my, my Facebook post. Uh, as y'all know, Red is out. She got one hell of a headache, so I decided to jump on and see as many get as many people that were interested on the show as I can to get some different perspectives. Uh, on the show, we do Reddit posts and then we just talk about news. So um, we got a Reddit post. I'm gonna read this and we just gonna respond to it in response fashion. All right. Am I the asshole? Now, it's a whole Reddit subthread called, a subreddit called Am I the Asshole, where it's a whole bunch of people just asking, am I the asshole in this? So they really <laughs> don't know if what they're doing is a problem. So people come up to tell them, are they the asshole or not? So this is what we're trying to do. I let somebody be right on. 
Am I the asshole? The ones I like is uh, Am I the asshole? And today I fucked up. Like people tell stories about they did something. <laughs> like the other day I read one about this woman who she she was flying out of town to go meet her boyfriend and she put her butt plug in, but she didn't realize that she was gonna have to get on, you know, be get in what? the same for yeah, see, you know, people were like, how do you not know you're going to sit on your ass so you got a butt well, plug in? She said that she do it so often that she don't think, she was thinking more about being ready for her boyfriend and sexual engagement than the fact that she was going to have to walk through security at the airport. So she had this metal jewel butt plug in and she took off all her jewelry and everything and she just wasn't thinking that she had it in. So she realized it at the end when she took all her jewelry and stuff off. Uh, oh, and she told a lady and she was like, she laughed it off and let her go. <laughs> you know, I, like, I wonder, like, did she have to take it out and show it to her? I wonder what? <laughs> yeah, that would have been. <laughs> this conversation had to be awkward. <laughs> I don't know. That might have been a new erotic situation that she didn't know she liked. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have a butt plug in my ass. Yeah, really? She's going to get to go her ahead, boyfriend baby, and be ahead. like, yeah, she's going to get to her boyfriend and be like, so I, w- I have the scenario that I want to play out. I want you to be PSA, and I want you to have to take me to the back room. Exactly. I want to actually have my butt plug in, and I want you to have to confiscate me and take it out <laughs> before we have sex. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right, but that's another one I get ones from. But we're going to go with, am I the asshole? My husband won't let me sleep. <laughs> okay. So I work 12 to 16-hour shifts at an extremely labor-intensive job that requires the use of heavy machinery. My job is dangerous and I need to stay focused while at work. This part is important. So my husband has a friend who is a truck driver. His friend calls at odd hours every night, usually between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. My husband always accepts these calls and then proceeds to have a very loud, very long conversation right next to me, which inevitably wakes me up and keeps me awake. I've asked him firmly but politely to either take the calls at a later hour or to leave the room while he talks so that my sleep is not disturbed. He refuses to do this and says that he has to answer calls to help keep his friend awake while he's on the road. I understand wanting to help a friend, but I do not understand needing to keep me awake while doing it. So for the last week, I've been locking myself in the guest bedroom and sleeping on the guest bed when I have a shift schedule. Now my husband is angry and says that it hurts his feeling that I'm no longer sleeping sleeping next to him every night. Am I the asshole? Of course she's an asshole. Yes, she's an asshole. She's an asshole. That man needs your support. His friend calling one, two o'clock in the morning. That means something is seriously wrong. You need to be sitting next to this man and, and supporting him. Like, baby, it's okay. Remember this bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, I'm just playing. Nah, she's not the asshole. Of course he's the asshole. But, I mean, for one, okay, I don't mind my friends calling me any time of day because they know I'm that type of person. You need some help. You call me or whatever. But to constantly be calling at one or two o'clock in the morning is <laughs> ridiculous. Like, dude, you should be saying, hey, bro, uh, let me call you back later when the sun's up. My exactly. wife is sleeping. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like yeah. a go- Oh, yeah, like go to the other room. I mean, come on, it's not that hard, dude. Like, what's the problem? You're like, you already finna be up talking, bro. Like, why you gotta be in the bed talking? Like, get up, go sit <laughs> on the couch or something. Exactly. I mean, you know who calling is on the call ID. Oh, let me go talk to Kyle. Let me go in the bathroom. Something, you know. <laughs> or maybe, oh, okay, see, okay, it's two sides of the store, though. Maybe he might think, you know, I'm going to take this call. I don't want her to think I'm cheating. Or, you know, Kyle might be Kylina or something. And he, you know, you know what I'm saying? He might just be like, hi, hi, baby, you know, this is my friend. I don't want you to think I'm hiding nothing. I don't know. You know, we might not know the whole story. Like, I'm, I'm trying to play devil advocate, I guess, because I don't she ain't the asshole, but at the same time, you know, you know, women well, be crazy. Well, I think that, that if that was the case, then it would be it would be more important to her to stay in the room with him while he on the phone because she still decided to leave the room and go into another room. 
You know, that, that might yeah, be, sleep yeah, is this important. Might be I, don't, I don't blame her. Sleep is important. Especially you say she worked with 12, 14 hour shifts. Jesus Christ. That's a lot. It's like if, if, if I, uh, when I need sleep, I don't care who the fuck you talking to. <laughs> you know what I'm exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm like, well, what line, did, he do? did she say what he did? Did she say what he does? No, it don't say what he do except wake I mean, up between one and four and answer the phone and talk loud. Like, what do you do that you can be up at one or four, one through four in the morning, answer your phone to talk for? I'm assuming hours because how she's saying it. <laughs> I'm like, what do you do? Like, what does my he do? my lady don't play about losing sleep. Like maybe she just got this job or something. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she hadn't been working at this job long because I already know that I need to tip tiptoe and creep out the bed. And hope that the the wrong floor creak, creak don't make a sound and <laughs> her start moving because that's gonna be like oh shit I'm gonna hear about this in the morning <laughs> not tonight <laughs> I mean it ain't that bad don't get me wrong I'm kind of uh, you know over exaggerating a little bit but I'm just so considerate of other people's sleep because when I grew up my mom worked third shift and she did everything that she needed to do in her day while we were at school. So when mm -hmm. we got off of school, she was in the bed sleep up to her next shift. So mm -hmm. the worst thing we could do was wake my mama up. That's the worst thing we could do. And that still travels with me today. I will not wake you up. Man, the only way I will wake you up is if I know you got some shit to do. If you tell me to wake you up, I'm not going to probably not going to wake you up. You know, I'm the you, same way because I hate, I hate waking people up out their sleep. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And, you know, I wake up early every day. For work, I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. On weekends, I wake up at, like, 6 because my body's just used to getting up that early. And so, you know, Tiff right next to me, my wife Tiff next to me, and I don't want to wake up. Like, I hate, even if I have to wake up because of an appointment or we need to go somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll take me a long I have to <laughs> muster up the courage to, like, hey, baby, baby, <laughs> baby wake up. It's time to go. And, you know, she won't be mad enough, but I hate, like, Cause sleep, like sleep, is important. I mean, nobody likes to be waking about their sleep. I don't care who you are. Even babies don't like that. So I, yeah. I don't like doing it to people. I hate to do it. It sucks. I don't want to do it. Don't do it to me. I mean, I wake up. I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of those people who's a morning or night person. I get up. I need to get up. Late sleep. Not even go to sleep. Whatever. But you know, it's. I'm, I hate to wake people out they sleep. It's like, like the look on their face and their eyes. Me. <laughs> it's something like, like hey, wake up. And so you get that first when your eyes first open, they look at you like, oh shit. <laughs> I done done something I shouldn't have did. <laughs> oh, they was in their good sleep. What they were dreaming about? Cookies? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, man, my me and my brother, we even though she said we couldn't go outside, we used to go outside. And Lord, let something happen like one of us hurt ourselves and we have to come in and say, Mama, we already weren't supposed to be outside. Everybody getting the, I need, I'm supposed to be sleep ass beaten. That's what's been to happen. <laughs> so y'all went outside. You were supposed to. Somebody heard yeah. said you had to wake up. So you gonna yep. get double ass whooping. We didn't know what to do. <laughs> Motherfucker bleeding, and it ain't serious. Like as an adult, I know what kind of bleeding is serious and what's not. But as a kid, if you see blood, you just be like, "Mama, I'm bleeding." And exactly. we, we used to come in and be like, "Mama, I'm bleeding," and she'll look at that shit, and then she'll look at the belt, and then it was gonna be a wrap. So we didn't belt. wake her up. <laughs> we didn't wake her up. We we just had us. Me and my brother had a system. We just didn't fuck with each other outside. Every now and then we had to do that shit, but every time it ended up in the ass with me. So it that kind of trauma grows up yeah. with you, and so now you don't even want to wake people up, man. You you be paranoid about if you waking people up, and then mm -hmm. if you wake them up, you feel bad. 
You know, and so that's my thing. I, I, I try to be considerate. So in this system, we got a whole line full of motherfuckers that's inconsiderate. We got a truck driver friend that's calling you at 1 to 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. inconsiderate, even though you should probably communicate to him that, you know, these ain't good hours. And then you got a husband who is inconsiderate, who is answering his friend's calls that's calling him. And then, you know, having that, that conversation and then your wife turn and be like, well, motherfucker, what? You know, so I don't, she, like, he, he shouldn't be mad. Like, he just spoke. be mad. She doesn't allow him. And, and, and it sounds like it happens all the time. I see him like maybe once or twice, even once a week, maybe twice a week. She makes it like it's every damn night. So I'm like, what? What the fuck is your friend going through? <laughs> going through some shit apparently. Like man, I ate some bad soup again. <laughs> I just thought I called you and let you know that that soup was horrible. <laughs> I'm calling you tomorrow night, but this sandwich is bad too. I don't know it's gonna feel me at one to two o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna call you. <laughs> Bro, I bet truck drivers be trying their best to have people to call to have conversations with this shit. I don't see how they do it. I couldn't. I mean, I don't like driving long uh distances in a regular car. You talking about truck drivers who are on the road damn near all day. Shit, like, I, I couldn't do it. So I guess they do need somebody to call say so they wanna go to sleep. <laughs> Something. I know. <laughs> it's right. not my internet working, bro. I need to call somebody, man. <laughs> let me laugh. Oh. Let me wake this nigga up. Let me wake this nigga his wife up. <laughs> <laughs> so scrolling down the comments, most people are saying not the asshole, not the asshole with her. So that's is there anybody that says she is asshole? No. No, everybody's okay. saying that that she's, I would, she's not the okay, asshole. I would love to hear that opinion of her being an asshole. Yeah, mm -mm. it's twenty six point eight thousand people that have commented that she's not the asshole, and it's only seven percent of the people who said she was. Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, ninety three percent said you not. I'm sure that seven percent are assholes themselves. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> they want you know someone probably the husband. And his friend. <laughs> <laughs> She's a total bitch. <laughs> I need this time with my friend. <laughs> you want to see each other on Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's not fair. <laughs> That's crazy. But I That's appreciate you for jumping on that Reddit post with me. Uh, now we got some news. So something that came out a while back is that, you know, well, for the longest, we've been talking about Will and Jada being in an open relationship, and they denied it. We ain't in an open relationship. And then at some point, you had August Alcina come out and say, hey, we." Uh, he released a song that implicated that he may have had a thing with Jada. And everybody was like, ooh, did he have a thing with Jada? And because people speculated it so much from that song, he said it lost him money, it lost him friends, it lost him a lot of stuff. And he came out in an interview with Angela Yee to kind of tell his truth. And he yep. told his truth. He said that I did have a relationship with Jada and it was with Will Smith's blessing that we had it. And it was a whole, it was a good interview about his growth and how he's, yeah, I heard it. you know, come he's to terms it. with a lot of stuff. And people extracted that part out of it, out of it and made it a thing. And so I kind of just wanted to have a conversation about, um, what, what do you see the problem with this situation then? So we got a couple who said we ain't did this. A dude who participated it seems to say we did it. Now that couple has said nothing. And so now society is seen to be taking sides. They either taking a side of this couple who business was private and now he done put their business out in the street. But also this dude who been kind of like touted out as a little secret. And now he that he telling his truth. People are kind of shunning him for, for his truth in that situation. Where are you at in this conversation? I would love to say it's none of my business, but unfortunately, it's out there. So, as of right now, it technically is my business. Well, 
it's it's my it's my right to comment on it because it's out there. He put it out there. Uh, like, you know, who's telling the truth? Not sure. Is he said she is a he said she said and her husband said situation right now. <laughs> so it's it, it's it's weird because I heard the interview and I mean he was as real as he could be. I'm sure he was telling his truth. It was real interesting. You know, it was cathartic for him, like you tell. And so <clears throat> when he said that part, it was like, oh, wow, really? Okay. Because, you know, we heard those rumors for so long, uh, I don't know how many how many years, about Will and, uh, and uh, damn, what's her name? My mind went blank. Jada. Jada. Jada, shit. I don't know why I say Jade. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Will and Jade. Uh, but about their relationship being open to it and that. And, you know, we heard it for so long, and they were kind of, they haven't really denied it truthfully, uh, I guess. At least, you know, outright that kind of became common truth, I guess. So when he said it, I was like, "Oh, really?" You know, and you know, it was it's it's that society's. It's, it's funny how people take a side on you no know, who was right, who's wrong, or if this relationship was is this that other thing, and it's, you know, society sees you know, I guess marriage and relationship is one way. Instead of considering that there's not just one way to be in a relationship with people, so if he's telling the truth, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. If as long as it's open and honest between those three, and Will gave us his blessing, or you know whatever, so be it. But if it's truthful and they're denying it, kind of sucks for him. Now they and haven't be denied. They haven't denied it. This allegation. I mean, they've been denying society that they in an open relationship, but they mm-hmm. had responded. Like, Jada put up a, a tweet that basically said, um, I'm bringing myself to the red table, talk some healing needs to be done. So, I, I think that if it's true, I think Jada is going to treat this responsibly. I don't think she's going to come out and throw him under the bus. I mean, I don't think Willow or her mama were going to let her do that shit. Like, they gonna be like, look, we all know what kind of relationship y'all done had. We know he telling the truth. So if you come out here and lie and throw him under the bus, it's gonna undermine everything that Red Table talked and never stood for. And so, I think it's true though. If you take their history into consideration, uh, at the proposed history, if you take the fact that they did talk about her being kind of like a person that helped him move forward spiritually. And you see that he in videos and pictures with Will and Jaden and all of them, and they did spend time together. And then you look at how sincere he was about telling that story. I mean, I believe him. I believe that's the case. I, I um, believe too. The question, the question comes to: Was it his place to tell this? And I, I, my theory is that my theory is that August Alcina engaged with Jada Pinkett not thinking it was going to turn into something while Jada Pinkett mm-hmm. connect with people based on, you know, how she engaged with them. And mm-hmm. I think she allowed a relationship to be built with somebody who has been mostly monogamous and he he participated in that relationship. And I think mm-hmm. that he wasn't ready for the, comp- the emotional compartmentalization that you have to do when you're engaging with somebody that you know has a partner or a mate or a primary mate. And he allowed himself to get more lost in a relationship than he could have because he didn't have that compartmentalization. And hence, he started falling for her more than their circumstances would allow them to truly be in a relationship about. And I think that 
he had to learn a lot in this situation to get to this point. And I think once he learned what he needed to learn about himself, he needed to tell his truth in order to not feel invalidated from what happened. Because you got to understand, he's still a dude who probably feel like he lost a love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think he said that. And he was like, he's not, he doesn't regret experiencing it. You know, it helped him discover a lot of things about himself. And the way he described, you know, how it affected him, I like, this dude got to be telling the truth. This can't be something, you know, that he just made up out of nowhere and not true. Because how he was talking about it, it was so sincere. Like, dude ain't acting. This this is real. These feelings are real. What he experienced is real. And was it his his place to tell it? I believe so. Because, I mean, he was a part of it. I mean, if they didn't say they didn't want him to say anything, I get that. But at the same time, this is his truth. He was a part of it. This is nothing that's to me, you know, Law based, it was real raw emotion, and that's what he was giving that. So he's a singer, and they knew him, they knew how he, he I know how he is. <laughs> don't look like he can uh-huh. hold water, so <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't look like he can hold water. So, what you expected? I mean, he, he had to put out, he's an artist too. They like to like that kind of stuff in their phones. Come on, that's what NDAs are for, boy. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> don't y'all like didn't want him one. to talk about it. Y'all should have gave that man an NDA. <laughs> Had him sign a non-disclosure agreement and been like, listen, this is our personal life. We know that you're a part of it, but if we engage in some extramarital relationships based on our our relationship and how it is, we need to be certain that you don't put us out there. Because, it look, look, the amount of money that August Alcina could lose from this is probably how much they pay in taxes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like a fraction of it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm losing money and I've lost opportunities because of this. Well, get the money from them. <laughs> get what you lost from them. <laughs> they did get Tyrese money, not just playing. <laughs> you know. But I, I I don't I as a therapist, if August Alcina walked into my office and told me everything that was going on. There is no part of me that would have ever told him to hold your truth to yourself and keep it in. I would have said that you've got to get this out. I probably would have encouraged him to talk to them. But I, a part of me feels like he did tell them that he was going to tell his story. And they just didn't have anything to say about it. They might not agree with it. But a part of me feels like he probably told them this is what I'm going to say. I'm if sure he, he valued that relationship and if they meant as if she meant as much to him as he said, it wouldn't make sense for him to just undercut them with this yeah. information they wouldn't know. Uh, so yeah, I would sure probably, yeah, I would be I like, mean, you know, like you oh. said, there's a song, there's a whole song about it. I'm sure she, I'm sure they knew he recorded this. I'm sure he let, hey man, we don't want you to listen to this real quick. <laughs> he said sure, one about her, uh, but come on, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, I don't believe that. It, it, it makes no sense because, I mean, even artists write about their own life experience. I'm sure he's written, if not that song, it was something he'd written about her and them. It makes yeah. no, I mean, it just makes common sense. So, it, it, it I, I, like I said, the interview was interesting. I didn't know that much about August. I didn't see in first place besides the, the I love this shit song, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> like they say, we got an interview August. I see, I was like, who? <laughs> so, I've talked about myself being in a poly relationship on this podcast a couple of times, even though I haven't elaborated on it very much. But what I'll say about my my transition from monogamy to non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, is 
that there is a lot of conditioning that we have in our society that comes along with monogamy. And that conditioning includes ownership of women, that uh, that it includes competition between other men, it includes uh, and, women and, and women. It includes men being the the head, the decision maker, the you know everything. It, it it gives us this illusion that we're supposed to try to be everything for another person when that's not always realistic. I mean, it, it's giving us the illusion that you know, in a monogamous relationship, jealous. So before a relationship like this, I thought that we were supposed to transcend jealousy somehow and that people in non-monogamous relationships, ethically non-monogamous relationships, because there's a lot of people in non-monogamous relationships that don't know it. <laughs> they get cheated on. But mm -hmm. ethically non-monogamy is, you know, both people agreeing that this is how our relationship is going to go. But I thought that people in those kind of relationships were supposed to have uh, superseded jealousy, transcended jealousy somehow where we don't get jealous. We don't ha experience that anymore because we our partners can be who they want to. But jealousy is a natural part. And I've learned that jealousy in a monogamous relationship means that when your partner does something and jealousy comes up for you, you get to tell your partner, why did you do that thing to make me jealous? Stop doing that thing. I don't want to feel jealousy. And a non-ethically non-monogamous relationship, jealousy allows you an opportunity to look inside of yourself and ask, why am I being jealous? You know, and a part that I found out about why I'm jealous when I feel jealous is that I feel like that that my partner can go find somebody better than me. You know, so to, I got a question. So is is jealousy always tied to fear? It's not like, always. Tied I noticed to that fear. my jealousy is tied to my fear. Is is it is most likely tied in fear and insecurities. It's mostly tied yeah. in being inf afraid about what can happen if you allow this yeah. or if this doesn't yeah. go right. Uh, there are other reasons and ways that you can be jealousy that are jealous that are unhealthy. But what I had to tell myself is that what I offer to her, nobody else can offer. Mm -hmm. Like nobody else can offer. Mm -hmm. and, and not if they could, not the way I do. So I had to reinforce to myself that I have value. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus me believing that somebody else could easily be found to replace me means that <laughs> I don't have value in myself. You know, yeah, that and, and, yeah, that's and like, I'm not gonna lie, that's my fear. Cause okay, like you say, you're non, you're in an ethically non-monogamous relationship, so am I. So even for even before I got into this lifestyle, even my wife, you know, I'm not a super jealous guy, but it's just you know, there are certain things that can trigger me, and I'm like, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna tell you. I'm jealous, and it's all because again, the insecurities, the fear. Is there somebody better than me out there that can replace me? And so, being having another partner besides my wife, that fear kind of you know doubled because you know I'm like, okay, you know what we are, you know the relationship. Okay, it's cool other people, but at the same time, you know who am I to you? Are you going to find somebody better and like, okay, I'm gonna, I don't need you anymore, even though, can't, you know, you know, it is, we can do this, but at the same time, it's still that fear of, you can drop me anytime you want to, and then what? Like, my feelings don't mean anything, and so that my fear stems from, you know, you're talking to these people, it's cool, but at the same time, you know, who who who, who am I compared to them? Like, I don't, I'm 
not saying I gotta be quote unquote number one, but saying, well, I guess I am saying that. <laughs> and I guess that's like a wrong. I don't know if that's a wrong. Like I guess, am I an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, like, I mean, I'm like, I mean, if because uh, my feelings are out there, and I want to be, you know, that person, that person for you, because like you said, nobody can do you like I do you, and I feel like. If there is somebody out there that could or get that close, then you don't need me anymore. And so that's my fear stems from from a lot of things but in my relationship. So. I, I want to challenge something you said. You said that nobody can do for you what I can do for you. And I think that's surface level. And I think that's really trying to convince the person that what I give you is better than what you can find out there. I can't guarantee that. I can't guarantee that you can't find better than me. You know, I really can't. I mean, there, there's mm. people with better penis than me. There's people with better jobs than me. There's people with more money than me. There's people that are more attractive than me. There are people that can grow their hair. There are people that beard ain't this shaggy. Yeah. There's people that give you better advice and better input. Like, I can't guarantee well, you. Well, well, how about, like, not better, but unique? Well, hold on, hold on. Everybody let, me, let me finish my, my point real quick. So, mm. for me... I'm not trying to convince her that there isn't somebody else better for me. What I said was, um, nobody can be for you what I can. And to me, that is me telling myself what I am for her. That is uh, not me trying to convince her that I'm this. It's me telling myself that, okay, maybe you'll find a, a, a therapist that gives good advice, that is willing to do whatever it takes to please you, that can cook for you, that can bake for you, that has provided for you and will be there for you, and that's had the pillow talking conversation that we've had. Maybe there's people out there in one by one, if you pick them out, that can nobody can be for you what I've been for you. And that's what I tell myself. It's not what I'm trying to convince her. You know, so for, for you to challenge that fear, what I tell you is, Put together all of the things that you offer to people in your life and tell mm -hmm. yourself that this is what I offer them because then it'll make you less afraid that you're expendable. It'll make you less afraid that they're just going to go pick this up tomorrow. It's kind of like that 80 20 that Tyler Perry and I talked about. You leave mm -hmm. that 80 looking for that 20 because that 20 mm -hmm. look good on the outside, mm -hmm. but you got 80 over here. That, that you've jeopardized for that 20. You've got to convince yourself that you're 80. You know what I'm saying? Versus trying to convince them that you're 80. Convince yourself first. And then you they already know what you offer them. But that fear for you comes in what you believe about yourself and what you believe they believe about you. It ain't got nothing to do with them at this point. True. That's you know, so. I, mean, I, I mean, I realize that too. That's why I said I, it was. It's all. It's, it is my fear, and I have some, that's something I have to deal with anyway. And it doesn't. I'm not gonna say it rules it, but at the same time, you know, certain things can remind me. Certain things can trigger me, and like I'll be cool with them. Like you know, what the heck? What the heck does this mean? And so it'll, 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 it'll come up. I don't mean for it to come up. I don't want for it to come up, but it'll come up, and yeah. you know, it goes from there. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I feel like I know it's something I have to work on myself. And even going back to, you know, we were talking about August I've seen that's he's like him spilling out spilling his guts out to Angel E, you know, and I guess that's I mean that's part of his process to, you know, work on because I guess um he was having problems, I guess, before anyway. 
and they helped him through it. And so that built their relationship and, you know, it happened or didn't happen according to whoever, yeah. but you know, it was, there's still something that is a part of him and it experienced that he experienced and it helped. And so, you know, even the interview was him releasing those demons and getting that truth at. And so he's a better person for it. Even that. So, you know, all, all that ties into everything that in, in those kind of relationships, because it's the the non, ethical non-monogamy might not be traditional in that sense, because society has you know trained everybody that relationships only this way and that's it. But just because we're in a uh, different kind of relationship with people, <laughs> like you said, doesn't mean the jealousy and stuff goes away. All, yeah. all the other stuff does not go away. It's still there. You just have to deal with it as you would. So, you know. Yeah. You got to deal with your insecurities about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of just my perspective. And, you know, any relationship is a never-ending journey of trying to figure out how to make yourself better. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily for the other person. Hopefully, it f- it's for yourself and it benefits the other person. But the other person influences those things about you that you look inside about yourself and say, you know, maybe I can work on this for myself, you know, and it'll benefit me and it'll benefit them. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of my perspective on it. And I think that it must be crazy to go to a couple that helped you through the problems that you had before you went to them. And then you end up in a situation that create a whole new set of problems <laughs> with them. I know, right? You know, it's I'm like. having drug problems I can't live Ooh, J.D. You sexy. Uh, <laughs> everything no. else healed, but now you broke up with me. God damn it. <laughs> I wonder how well, they're going to... I feel like Jada probably going to try to get him on the table talk, and he'll probably turn it down. He'll probably turn it down because he don't, don't want to talk to her about their trauma. Talk she had. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean if he didn't did all he did with Angela, he might as well do it with her. Shoot, might as well know, just go man. ahead Maybe. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure they still talk. It's nothing. Might as well just put it out there in the pool like you did everything else. So might as well just go in. Yeah. There's no point in running from it. Hell. No, oh, it, it people gonna speculate. People gonna speculate. Might as well right. put it into it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it. I guess it depends on if he feel like it's a safe environment because if Willow and Mama Mama Smith and all of them still look at him as a positive, then I, it'll be a good environment. But if they all like, he done came out here trying to fuck up our family dynamic, got this stuff we all been keeping a secret, and he done came out and told the whole world. Now I'm getting I'm getting tweets talking about my mom and my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all getting? Tweets. I mean, well, they know him though, so I don't think it. I don't think it will be that big of a deal because we. Even we see this family from the table talks and the videos and stuff. We know they ain't like quote unquote the typical family. So I'm sure this for the, and nobody's really responding. So I'm sure it's like, damn, August, did you give us a heads up? <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about this? <laughs> Are you eating right now? Put the fork down. We need to talk, man. <laughs> yeah. Come out to the ranch. <laughs> you want the table be blue? You want the table be red? It could be blue table. We don't care. <laughs> He wants to take me white. Come on, man. Let's come out here and talk. <laughs> we will film the movie right now. He ain't here at home. Come on out here. <laughs> Where you mad? <laughs> Where your damn mask? Where you mad? That's a whole I, other you know, 
it done died down now because of other stuff going on, but it's going to hype back up whenever the next red, like if the next red table talk come up and they don't talk about this, people going to be on their ass about where's August, where's August, when you're going to talk, so they got, I like they got, I feel like they got to address this next. Of course they do. If she done, like you said, yeah, they're going to be on her ass. I mean, it's, I don't see how they would, how she wouldn't, even if she by herself, you better talk about something. <laughs> and we have to be table yeah, talk, do something, you about to do yeah. something. Talk about something, goddamn! You better do something, this man. He's, he's here, not open. He said it. What, what are you? What's your response? <laughs> Trust me, this uh, damn pandemic going around. You paparazzi be everywhere around that damn house right now. They definitely <laughs> would, boy. About to get if they ain't already anyway. I mean, it seems like ain't stopping nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, but look, man, I appreciate you. Uh, I've been telling everybody this should be 15 to 20 minutes, but we at 35. So apparently oh, that's man. the minimum because <laughs> everybody else been at 35. <laughs> I'd be like 15, 20 minutes, but apparently we can't do a Reddit post and a news story in that amount of time because we be talking. Uh, hey, me. Hey. All right, man. Well, I appreciate that again. And uh, and uh, next time I need somebody, you're going to be on the list. No problem. I'm here to talk whenever. All right, my boy. All right, bro. Yeah.